0: pandemic makes it tough to be face-to-face and hands-on. Welcome to Service Calls, a podcast brought to you by TechTown in partnership with Food Service Equipment Reports. I'm Rob LaFriends, and in this episode, we're going to talk about how techs can overcome some typical challenges when participating in remote training versus in-person training. Joining me as always is Food Service Equipment Reports Managing Editor Allison Resendiz.
1: We'll also hear about how open communication goes a long way when it comes to bringing a combi oven back online.
0: But first, remote training is so important to the job, but it definitely comes with a lot of challenges like limited to no hands-on learning and no face-to-face time. On the phone, we're talking to Director of Training for the Commercial Food Equipment Service Association, or CFASA's Dan Reese. And Dan, where are we at during these coronavirus times with finding ways to get techs the important training they need to do their jobs?
1: Training for techs changed drastically in February. We went from training, uh, having 20 technicians in for our classes, to virtually nothing. Uh, it was just a crazy, crazy mess. around the middle of July, you know, things started to open up a little bit. We're doing face-to-face training here at Sufessa headquarters. However, we have to, you know, go through the mandates of everything. So we social distance, we're wearing masks, everything is sanitized. We have gloves uh, every day and every night the equipment is wiped down. Temperatures are taken before they even get into the shuttle to come here. Temperatures are taken before they come in. So it is a little bit different than what it, we're used to, and we can only hold about six, six technicians here. Where we used to have 20, now we're having six. So it's been a little bit of a demand for us on that also, uh, doing more classes, but to less people. Dan, one challenge of remote training I've heard is not being able to learn through the hands-on experience. What's your advice for a tech who needs that element to absorb information? So what really is a struggle is where do they get it? Uh, We're we're actually telling some of our members that they may have to change their way of training a little bit and have a senior tech ride with the guy half a day so they can go out and put their hands on that piece of equipment. Uh, We're also talking to manufacturers about potentially shipping a piece of equipment into a location. That the service technicians, you know, with a camera at the service location can kind of talk back and forth and see the equipment with the instructor from the factory. Like I say, the hands-on portion is so important that they're just going to have to come up with a, a way to do it. And right now, it's going to be the easiest is senior technicians in the field, maybe a half a day with a newer technician.
0: So along those same lines, uh, what tips do you have for techs when it comes to navigating the lack of face-to-face time they have with their teachers and peers during remote training?
1: Well, and that's that's ex- again goes hand in hand with the the hands-on the equipment is to being there. I mean, I um, with the six people, it's good because the class is small enough that I can actually talk to them and be there. What's bad is when they're they don't have the access to that. So it's a, it's a big problem, and it's a big problem for the factories. It's a big problem for the servicers. In fact, one of the things that they've approached me with, and when I say they, the board, they want me to maybe come up with a train-the-trainer program to help these senior techs train. You know, not everybody can train. Not everybody's good at training. Not everybody wants to train. So it. it Kind of disrupts their day it kind of disrupts you know what they've been doing and how they've been doing their work for years now all of a sudden you got this other person in the truck that you kind of got to lead around and and show the do's and don'ts and and not everybody wants to do that so we're maybe going to develop a program to help that senior technician with what to do and how to do it and not to make assumptions. One of the biggest problems senior techs have with techs in training mode is they make assumptions. They assume they know these things when the reality is they don't. So we're, we're gonna hopefully develop a program to help that. Thinking of the techs in the truck, the, the mentees, uh, who are going through a lot more remote training these days, do you have any more do's and don'ts that you can share to help prepare them for success? Well, one of the things that I've been looking at is I've watched several videos out on the internet and, and I'm hearing that, you know, Google this or Google that. Just be careful what you're Googling and what you're watching. There's a lot of videos out there that are not from factories. They're just people out there doing videos. Um, they're not from our industry that I know of. So I'm gonna everybody, go to the manufacturer. The manufacturers are putting their videos on their websites the manufacturers are doing training, go to their training, go to their videos. Don't just Google, you know, how to replace something and, and watch some guy do it. Uh, I've seen a lot of problems with those videos.
0: Yeah, it really seems like the time is ripe for like a, a, like a breakthrough in training and something that's really going to uh, you know, set that part of the industry on its head and, you know, hopefully really move everything forward from where we are now.
1: Well, and that's what we're all kind of looking for that. The problem with that is, you know, video training has been out forever, which is fine. The problem we run into is the newer technicians. So somebody that's been doing this for a while, they can watch a video or they can watch a webinar, completely understand what everything is being talked about and go out and make that change immediately. But when you take a service technician that's in the training mode, who a month ago was doing lawn maintenance or doing uh, auto repairs or doing, you know, as of right now, I've got a guy that was a chef in my class today. He knows all about ovens and ranges and fryers. So we're all looking for that software. We're all looking for that technology that can kind of put the piece of equipment in their hands, be it virtual or be, you know, put a piece of equipment in there with cameras, have the piece of equipment with a, a separate cameraman. So when we talk about the video, they can show it, and show how to take it apart. So uh, it's, a, it's a difficult situation.
0: Is there something along those lines that you're working on now?
1: You know, I teach the basics here at Safesa. So we, most of the technicians that I have are, are newer technicians or, you know, been in the field a short time. And um, so we've developed a few classes and, to counter, kind of protect, or not not protect, to train our newer technicians. So one of the things that we're trying to develop is I offer a three-day electric class, and that's a hands-on electric class for the, you know, some of the techs that have been doing it for a little bit, but still are confused with electricity. So we're going to try to take that and make that a virtual or an online type of training. And just coming up with the logistics of You know, how do we, what topics, how long. Uh, We're trying to come up with our own kit, so we'll send a kit out. So everybody that's going to take the class will have a kit, so we'll be able to go through the hands-on portion that way. So that's kind of how we're going to try to tackle the hands-on portion of training in-house here is we're going to develop the training. We're going to develop the training module and or the kit And then we'll ship that to where to the service technician that's going to attend our training. Now we can do that with electricity. It's kind of hard to do that when you're doing ovens, fryers, ranges, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little bit more difficult. But we're we're working on trying to do the best we can to get the tools in their hand, get the parts in their hand, and let them see it and get a feel for it.
0: Quality insight on a major concern for the industry. Thank you, Sufessa Director of Training Dan Reese. Next up, it's our From the Field segment. And on the phone from Philadelphia, we're talking to Clark Service Group Branch Operations Manager Rich Bunt. And, Rich, you got a call about a broken combi oven at a restaurant that was preparing for a grand opening. What would you find?
2: Well, upon arrival of the location, one of the things that was concerned was the condition of the unit overall. It looked like it was in storage for some time and it wasn't appropriately cleaned either before such a time that it went into the storage facility where it sat for, I guess, almost two years. Do you find that a lot? Sometimes. Uh, when when people have, uh, they obviously, when they get a good deal on equipment or if they're looking to expand their operations or multiple units or whatever the case is, sometimes if they find deals on things, um, or close locations to open up another, they, they would put their equipment in storage to use for a later date. It's not uncommon.
0: So what kind of services did you need to do to this combi oven?
2: Well, initially it was just you needed to obviously clean the unit, look over the whole unit. So you have to go through the clean cycle, making sure that everything is working appropriately on it uh, beforehand so then you can start to diagnose it.
0: So after that first visit, they called you back again about the same combi oven.
2: Uh, what was that all about? We were there for the first time. Uh, there was a couple of probes and a few other things that we were able to take care of for them and get them up and running at that point in time. Uh, they did call in for a second call with that uh, after the fact, and it was right before their opening. And uh, they said that the machine was making loud, loud, uh, loud noises, was not running to uh, specifications, and they were concerned about the overall Status of the unit.
0: So they weren't uh, very forthcoming about how long the uh, the oven had been in storage. How'd you get them to come clean about that?
2: Sometimes within units or depending on where you're, you might not be able to find data tags or stickers on it from manufacturers to tell uh, about those units. I mean, other than the skillful text knowing what the what it is and being able to contact the manufacturer for more information. Sometimes if you're able to get some of a number off of it, and just so they can derive what exactly is needed for that for parts and repairs. But this unit in particular, uh, not so much as just that, is when dealing with the customer and talking to them and they came clean about, yes, this unit has been sitting in storage for a while. Yes, uh, we didn't clean it appropriately or take care of it when we put it into storage from when they purchased it or closed from another location. And interestingly enough, and that's when they came clean and said, by the way, that this is a liquid propane unit and not a natural gas unit. Ah, so there we have it, right? (laughs) Finally. Yes, finally we get to it and you scroll down to it. So although the the customer, she was pretty upset because obviously you put your heart, your soul, your finances, your time and efforts and blood, sweat and tears into opening an establishment. And sometimes it's the afterthought of wondering thinking about the equipment. And that's where us as service industries come into play. So, but it's also us being the brand ambassadors and working with and through the customers And giving them the warm and fuzzy, so to speak, or the uh, zero plus minus theories, taking a situation that could go bad and turn it into a positive one. And by us getting that information from them, we were able to further diagnose to make the repairs to get the unit up and running in ample time for them to be able to open.
0: And what were the repairs that you uh, ultimately had to do to it to get it up and running for good?
2: Well, I had to do a conversion kit over it from a liquid propane to a natural gas.
0: Can you tell me what surprised you most about this case?
2: Well, sometimes as techs, or it's almost like parents, um, you're, we're not all, always mind readers. We don't necessarily know what's going in through, and sometimes they're not going to give us enough information. Sometimes the expectations is, is we just get on site, we ask we can if somebody's available, and we run through the scenarios at that point in time as far as with what's really needed or what could be the problems with the unit. But sometimes the biggest point Of understanding what the issues are is when you get that information being forthright from the customers to discussing it with you. So that we're both on the same page because we work directly for them with them to ensure that they stay open to be profitable as an organization for their customers. So when you're able to get that information from a a customer of ours, when we're on site with them, it's beneficial to ensure that one, not only we're able to diagnose it and make the repairs uh, preferably first time if possible, but it's also at the same time, as much as we're there for when everybody needs us, but a return call back on something is never uh, good for anybody because it could be downtime for them. It's costly for an organization from a labor standpoint. So we try to prefer to make sure that we get done in a timely matter and preferably first time if possible, if not with return with parts and complete repairs at that point in time, as we did in this situation.
0: You know, talking, uh, I've, I've talked about a lot of these uh, different situations with a lot of different um, uh, service organizations and and so often it really does come down to uh, the tech and, and it just goes to show how they have to have so many more skills than just being able to fix the combi oven. It, the communication is such a, a big part and um, and you really uh, set yourself apart when you, can, when you can do that type of communicating with the customer.
2: Well, I mean, I'm not sure if I said it earlier, but I, when I discuss uh, reviews or areas of opportunity, one-on-ones with my techs, uh, I continue to, to let them know as you're not just a technician. You're a brand ambassador representing Clark Service Group when you're out in the field. So, it comes with the open lines of communication. And it's something that I harp on on a regular basis. So, that once you feel as though that you've communicated too much, keep going until someone tells you to stop. There can never be enough communication to ensure that everybody is on the same page.
0: And again, there's always more to the story. Thank you, Clark Service Group's Rich Bunt. All right, let's get to the nuts and bolts of it all with our Nuts and Bolts segment. And this week's question was, it's not easy recruiting and retaining service techs, as you guys know. What's one example of how to encourage up-and-coming techs in the field? And our first entry is from Baltimore. It's EMR Human Resources Manager, Jamie Adams. EMR's most successful recruiting tool is word-of-mouth referrals through our current and past employees. Up until the pandemic, we were offering Saturday training classes for aspiring techs interested in entering our industry. Because our industry is so niche, historically, traditional recruitment tactics like career fairs have not been worthwhile. Instead, we focus more of our efforts on retention by way of in-house, CFESA, and manufacturer trainings, a strong company culture based on honesty, fairness, and quality service, personal and professional growth opportunities, and a competitive benefits package. Our technicians are our key resource. Without them, we just can't operate. Finding technicians and retaining them is always our number one priority. These next two came in via email, so a couple colleagues of mine are handling the voice duties. This is from Dallas and Hagar Restaurant Service Service
1: Manager Isaac Glock. The best way to keep a tech who's in training, engaged, and hungry is to find out their strengths and weaknesses. Once that's been established, start them with things that he or she feels very comfortable with, gradually moving them outside of their comfort zone. For techs who are out of training, start them off with basic equipment and gradually move them to more complicated equipment. I believe the key there is identifying when it's time to move toward the more complicated equipment and providing support when making those moves. Bottom line, throwing them in the deep end to see if they can swim is not the best way to find out how good of a tech they are.
0: And this last one is from Joe Warren & Sons, Garrett B. Warren. JWS strongly believes in developing a clear development path for new and younger technicians that aligns with the business needs through factory, in-house, on-the-job, and online training that will show younger technicians that this is much more than a job and that being a good team player and also performing well will allow them progress to the next level with support and guidance of senior technicians and management. Thanks to my colleagues Bob Kessler and Ron Brown, respectively, for reading those emails. And seriously, thanks to everyone for your contributions. We really do appreciate them. Next time, our topic is, what technology trend do you feel will have the greatest impact on the industry over the next year? We'd love to hear from you, and you can call in to leave a message. Our number is 312-788-7618. That's 312-788-7618. You can also email or record a voice memo on your phone and send it along to service calls at fermag.com. And that's it for this episode of Service Calls, brought to you by TechTown in partnership with Food Service Equipment Reports. We'll be back next month, so be sure to follow and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I'm Rob LaFrance.